Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Believe in your numbers and you got to live and die by them. It's an investment. You're not building a house to move into and get the emotion out of it and just look at the numbers. And if they don't work, don't work. Best ever listeners, do you want to make more money on your real estate projects? Well, I'm guessing that I'm hearing you say, oh yeah, baby. (laughs) Well, guess what, my friends? Today's best ever sponsor, Fund That Flip, is working with well, one of our previous best ever guests who has the most po- one of the most popular episodes, Jay Scott. If you aren't familiar with this episode, then go check that out, episode 217. If you are because you're a loyal best ever listener, then you know that he knows how the heck to both analyze deals, especially flips, how to optimize the profits on those flips and how to look at the market. Because of that, Fund That Flip, today's sponsor, has worked with him and put together a guide that is the seven tips to increase your real estate profits in today's market. Go check that out. Go get that guide. I've read through it myself. I've learned a lot of things from it, from how to analyze the market cycles, as well as how to optimize profits and not lose money or mitigate your risk for losing money on your deals. Go check it out. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. You're going to learn the tools to better understand your local market and position your business for success. You're going to know how to analyze the real estate cycle and how to use short-term investing to capitalize on the market cycle and seven concrete actionable tips to make more money on your deals. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. This is the world's longest running daily real estate podcast. With us today, we got Josh Weidman. Hello, Josh. Hey, Joe, how you doing today? Hey, I'm doing well. Nice to have you on. Looking forward to diving in. Josh is the founder and chief investment officer at Turnkey Philly, which is a hands-free option to investing. He also built WeBuyHousesToFix.com and built that into a wholesale company that flips 8 to 12 contracts a month. In 2010, he started Atlas. You've been busy. Atlas Property (laughs) Management, which has over 630 units under management and sold the company in 2015. 
And he's based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And you can say hi to him at turnkeyphilly.com. With that being said, Josh, you want to give the best ever listeners a little bit more about your background and what? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, Joe. In uh, 2006, I um I had a construction company that failed. Found myself selling water purification units door to door, and after a, an early snowstorm in November of 2006, I'm walking in like dress pants and dress shoes, and you know I looked around and I'm like, this, this is terrible. I, <laughs> I, I can make no money doing something I really want to do. So. Long story short, at 18, I bought the Carlton Sheets No Money Down system, and it sat in my closet for about 10 years. And then I, I realized, you know what, if I'm going to do this, I might as well just jump in. And long story short, I bought three rehabs with two friends of mine, and we invested in subprime markets. And the houses hit the market just about the time the subprime market disappeared. <laughs> so, you know, great introduction to real estate. <laughs> yeah. But what that did was I got introduced to the concept of wholesaling. I had a, one of my prior employees was losing their house, contacted me, and ended up flipping the contract and made $30,000 on my first wholesale transaction. And it totally changed my thinking about the business and made me realize that, you know, hey, you can make money. And, and the beautiful thing is you can make money in any market. That was We Buy Homes to Fix. We built that into a, a wholesaling company that was doing eight to 12 properties a month. Started buying rentals in, like you said, 2010, I started Atlas Property Management because we couldn't really find any management that we're real comfortable with. So long story short, that over the the following uh, five years, we built that. I built that with a partner from 30 some odd units of our own up to 630 units. And we sold the portfolio about a year ago. And uh, along the way, started this turnkey investment company. Hadn't really even heard of the concept, but I got introduced to it from a client. The guy was a Israeli airline pilot, stumbled into my office and he just said, Hey, I've been investing in Florida. You know, the market has changed down there. It's harder to find deals. I like the Philadelphia market and I like what your website says about your management company. And over the course of about six or seven months, we sold him about 18 properties and uh, he started referring his friends and family and we realized there was a market for this. And so have built that since about 2012. Uh, right now, we have a handful of clients. We don't do a, a ton of volume, but we really focus on good returns for our clients, really quality renovations, and investments that are going to consistently give back really good returns. Mm. That's my background. I love real estate. It's really changed my life. And I find myself jumping out of bed in the morning, can't wait to get to the office. And yeah, it's fun you, business. You mentioned webuyhomes2fix.com. I think yes. you mentioned it in the past tense, but I want to make sure. Is that still a company of yours? It's still active, but the wholesale aspect of things has kind of changed a little bit, in the, both because of, I think, the evolution of the market and also because it's not so much a focus of mine anymore. I still wholesale properties, but a lot of the things that I would have wholesaled eight years ago, nine years ago, they're things that I'm buying for my own rental portfolio or that I'm, I'm buying to flip myself. And so we wholesale a few deals from time to time, but certainly not at the type of volume that I did in the past. Okay. The main focus then right now is the turnkey company, right? That's exactly okay. right. That's exactly right. All That's right. where my focus lies. I want to go back in time just a little bit more before we focus on this turnkey company. Mm -hmm. The Atlas Property Management Company, you yep. were managing 630 properties and you sold it in 2015. How do you right. put a price on that? <laughs> That's a great question. What I found with property management is that it's a business that you can either do really well or really profitably. <laughs> and, you know, I had a, a pretty big commitment in my mind to a quality product. And so, you know, as we built this company, 
I kept thinking that there was, you know, once you got to 100 units, <laughs> it becomes a, a sustainable business, and then yep. 200, and then 300. And what I found is that it's nice because there's a constant cash flow there, and there's a constant income, but it was less profitable than the other endeavors that we were looking at. So when we looked to sell the property, I think we were doing somewhere in the neighborhood of a million and a half in revenue a year, the ballpark, it's, you know, something like that. And um, it was based on the net revenue on the business. The nice thing was that we had built out an actual company. The, the company that ended up buying us bought us for our processes as much as for our book of business. So I mean, it was a pretty nice merger. My partner in Atlas, he still manages the rental portfolio for the other company. And so we are very closely related, especially with the turnkey business, with that transition. And I mean, essentially, you wouldn't even know it if I didn't tell you that it wasn't the same company. We're in the same office space. Our doors are right next to each other. It's a nice relationship. But to more accurately answer your question, I mean, I think that it has a lot to do with the area that the portfolio is located in and type of assets. We had very few A-grade assets. Most of our, the properties that we managed were B, C, and D properties. So they were a little bit more hands-on than you might see in, in a little bit better areas. So we didn't get the, the highest possible market rate. But I was pretty happy with the, what we got paid for the for the. What, uh, what would be a market rate for a company like that? <laughs> I have seen, <laughs> I've seen for A plus properties that are, it becomes a cash flow investment, especially before the sale. I did a lot of research into this. And yeah, I, that's why I asked you. Yeah, I'm curious right. about this. What I found was that you had a lot of hedge funds. They were having trouble finding properties, and so they moved into the property management game on the A grade properties because. It was cash flow. It essentially, we were charging eight percent for management, and you know, it turned out that like. Every 12 properties we managed, it was like having one property that we owned uh, as far as the income went. Basically, it was a gross multiplier of that number. I forget exactly what it was, but it, I want to say it's like 12% of um, three times the revenue, something like that. It. Uh, long story short, there's a couple companies out there that are national companies. All they do is build companies to sell. It's a very interesting yeah. model. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. You said three times the revenue. Three times the annual revenue is the evaluation, something like that. But then the buyouts were a percentage of that number. Okay, so three times, then you said 12% of that? Something like that. I feel like something I got Something like that. Right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. I'm caught with it's, my pants down here. I yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's, <laughs> I'm just curious. I, I, I guess I'm not looking for too many specifics, even though it sounds like I am, doesn't it? But I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to get an idea of how if a best ever listener manages a couple properties sure. and they're thinking, hmm, maybe I want to position my company for a buyout later from a larger company. If I am bringing in you know, 100000 in revenue, what is my property management company worth? That's a fantastic question. Okay. So now reframed in that context, one of the growth models that we used to grow our company as quickly as we did was to buy out smaller property management companies. What we would do is go in and what we noticed is that most of the profit in a management company is made on construction and on leasing. And more often than not, small management companies are only in the collecting rent and actually managing the property business because it's an agent or two, and they want the ability to lease all of the units under management. The way we structured it is that we built a really nice back end to handle rent collection and notifications and construction and bookkeeping and things like that. And then 
we would pay the property manager that sold us the portfolio 50% of the income on that property for a year, in one case, two years. And they could do all the leasing. But everything had to go through us. They ended up being an intermediary. And then at the end of the contract, we have the entire book of business. So we had the infrastructure to handle, let's say, 300 units that we were getting 50% of the management fees on. And then at the end of the year or two years, our income just doubled. There's different models, but I know that if you're looking to structure a saleable property management company, the devil's in the details. Make sure everything's documented. I have a friend who's got a, a management company that he just sold that's in an A property market, and he did really well with the sale. His whole target was to target people that they didn't even want to be landlord, but they had a property that was maybe upside down or was in a situation where they were moving. And so these were people that they gave exceptional service, but they also charged a premium for their service. And it ended up being a win-win all the way around. But I mean, if I were going to rebuild a management company, I would structure it so that I was dealing in areas where you're dealing with professionals, you're dealing with people with 750 plus credit scores that for one reason or another, they want to rent, or it's less expensive to rent in the marketplace. That's my two cents. I mean, yeah, you, you, the clear takeaway is if you were to create a property management company from scratch with the intention of selling it, then you would focus exclusively on class A properties because that brings the highest qualified tenants and that would command a premium for the price of the management company. Yeah, because you're also with that highest quality tenant and highest quality property, you're typically dealing with a lot less overhead. You can afford to charge 6% or 5% for management because the tenants are not going to be calling every five minutes for everything and anything that can go wrong with the property. That's my two cents. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The fewer maintenance issues will be lead to fewer calls, which leads to fewer hours and less overhead. That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. And now just going back to the multiple <laughs> question. So, sure. so let's say it's a million bucks in yep. revenue that's coming in every year. And it's these 750 credit score people with these properties similar to that. What's realistic for how to think about what your property management company is worth? I have seen three times the annual revenue. Actually, strike that. Three times the annual profit. So a million dollars in revenue, you might be looking at 350 to 400,000 in income in net profit on the company. So at the end of the day, you could be looking at a million dollar sale price. Mm-hmm. Awesome. There we go. That's helpful. That's very helpful. <laughs> you, got, you took me right into it. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Hand in hand, we got there together. That's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's fascinating stuff. I'm fascinated not only with real estate, but just entrepreneurial endeavors in general. And this connects the dots on both those things where you've got the entrepreneurial business and then it happens to be in real estate and how you walked us through how to position it the way you are with the high quality residents and the, the high quality properties. Okay, good stuff. Well, let's talk about your turnkey company real quick. Clearly, in my mind, when you said you're doing turnkey stuff, I was like, well, shoot, it just makes a whole lot of sense for him to also have a property management company if you're doing turnkey. Are you still an owner in the property management company? I'm not. Do you get a fee for referring them? I mean, because not at all. And in fact, I like the autonomy. And it's one of the things that we were looking at offers because we solicited a couple different offers from different places. One of the things that I discussed with the potential buyers 
was that they're going to have to toe the line, basically. I mean, it's uh, the front end of a turnkey transaction is fairly easy. You go out, you find the property, you do a nice renovation, you put a tenant in, but it's that continued oversight that makes the difference between a okay investment or a loser investment and something that's just fantastic that is truly turnkey, hands-off, and all you hear about are the notifications when the rent hits your bank account. And so I've got meetings on a fairly regular basis with Ian, my partner in Atlas, going over the turnkey portfolio that we have with the new management company as frequently as once a week and as infrequently as once a month. We'll go over it and look at, hey, look, this property is vacant. What kind of leads are going in here for placements? We had a maintenance call over here. What's this about? Is there a problem with this tenant? Just so that we're constantly being vigilant and making sure that they're providing for our clients what we need. And so I've looked at other management outlets, and this is by far has been the, the best marriage that we found. Hmm. How do you make money on the turnkey stuff if you're not getting some of the management fees? Great question. Okay, so we make money in two ways. First of all, our objective is to find a great deal that makes money for our investors, makes money for us, and we're able to have enough spread in the deal to really renovate the property so that there's essentially no short or long-term maintenance. So um, with that said, we make money first on essentially wholesaling the, the properties to our investors. So we'll, we'll make anywhere from five to $15,000 per transaction as part of that transaction. It's built into the cash flow analysis that we do on every property. It's built into the actual value analysis mm -hmm. that we do on every property. And then we'll make a little bit of money, about 20% is built into the construction end. Mm -hmm. So you know, we oversee the construction. We've got contractors who have long existing relationships with that, that we're able to do things at a, a fraction of the cost that you might see if you went and hired, a, certainly if you hired a retail contractor, but even if you're hiring somebody as an investor, we're uh, well below what, what uh, I've seen a lot of our competitors in the open market. And why wouldn't you start property management company number two and have the management of this as well? Because it seems like that if they're buy and hold investors, then that could be the long-term steady stream of cash that's coming in, especially since you know how to structure a management company. That's a great question. I get that a lot. There's a lot that goes into management. There's a ton of moving parts in any real estate transaction. I like to focus my energy on the transaction and on the deal. Ultimately, our interaction with our clients, if they have a property that we've sold them and renovated and we're their point of contact, even though we're not the management company, we're their point of contact. So they're reaching out to us, things like that. I would much rather be able to focus my resources on finding the deals, renovating the deals, and customer service than the flip side on managing a, a, uh, a property management company. Yeah, it's a different skill set. I'm a very hands-on person. I'm involved in all aspects of the projects we've got going on right now. I have 17 properties that are under renovation. We had a closing earlier today. I've got three more by the end of the week, and I'm touching all of these things. Even though I have people that, that um, very competent people that work within our organization, I like to be connected to what's going on. And uh, frankly, it's just, it's not something I want to spend my time on right now. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. <laughs> you can't make me do it, Joe. Stop twisting my arm, Joe. <laughs> All right, Josh, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? Oh, man, this is a tough one. It's got to be, you got to live and die by your numbers. When I first got into real estate, I got 
convinced by a couple people. This happened more than one time where I contracted a property because either a wholesaler or a homeowner is telling me, oh, well, they're building casinos right around the corner from here. This is this property is going to be worth so much money. And instead of looking at my numbers and looking at what the values are in today's market and knowing that this is what my contractor is going to charge me to renovate the property – I fudge the numbers. Oh, I could probably get $5,000 off in construction or $50,000 off on construction or whatever it is. Oh, I can probably get the highest price that's ever been paid in the neighborhood for the property. <laughs> and one property in particular, I bought and um, I walked down the street of uh, shells in the area and it was a transition area for sure. But it was a deal that had three walls, no roof, no back wall. The construction numbers that I had said 125,000 and I said to myself, you know, I can get this done for 85,000. I'm sure I can. And so I made an offer and ended up purchasing the house. Lo and behold, guess what it cost you? <laughs> 25,000. <laughs> it's one of those situations where it got drummed into my head and I've missed deals because I've not looked at tomorrow's price, but I've had much more successful results in the long term by saying, okay, this is what it's worth today. This is my offer today because these are the, these are the expenses today. And I try to counsel my clients to do the same thing. I mean, we try to look at different areas of Philadelphia that are emerging markets, but we're buying at today's numbers. We're buying at what the house would sell for today if we renovate it and put it on the market, even though we've got two of the top 10 fastest appreciating zip codes in the entire country. What are you know, they? 19145 and 19146. It's Gray's Ferry and Point Breeze in South Philadelphia. And there's so much renovation going on there. I, I comped the property the other day and I'm looking at a tenth of a mile from the subject property and there were 106 sales in the last six months. So, I mean, it's just outrageous. The amount of change and gentrification that's going on in the area. But who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? God forbid we go through something like something that happened in 2008 again. I foresee that happening. But Real estate, it's a cycle. We're going to have ups and downs. You've got to do what you're doing today based on today's numbers and what you're seeing in the market. So my advice is believe in your numbers and you got to live and die by them. It's an investment. You're not building a house to move into and get the emotion out of it and just look at the numbers. And if All they right. don't work, they don't work. Ready for the best ever lightning round? I'm working on it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Give you what I can. Well, be prepared by the time we come back. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. If you're a wholesaler or wanting the wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. It's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out. Best ever book you've read? Best ever book. It's one of three all by Ann Rand, Fountainhead, We the Living, and Atlas Shrugged. Best ever personal growth experience. What'd you learn from it? Uh, I had a failure of a construction company that left me with $45,000 in debt, and I had no idea how I was going to get out of it. Overcoming that hole has taught me a lot about myself, knowing that, hey, look, take a deep breath. Sometimes things go wrong, and if they do, just got to keep your head up and keep moving forward, and it'll all work out. Best ever deal you've done? Best ever deal I did. There was a house in Delaware County that it was a wholesale deal, made $80,000 on it. There was a structural crack on the side of the house. 
we got the deal for $51,000, sold it for 130 some thousand, and the end investor actually made 50000 after he fixed the structural crack. Great deal. Best ever way you like to give back? You know, this is the hardest one I was looking at. Two things. I think that spending time and money are really, really important. I donate time at a wholesale food shelter in South Philadelphia. I think it's important to actually give your time. It gives you more time and money, obviously, as well. You know, donating to local organizations, churches, or whatever you feel like is important in your life. Making that commitment to give financially with your time is, I think, really important. Biggest mistake you've made so far in real estate? <laughs> um, biggest mistake? really going beyond my ability. When I first got started, I thought that what you saw on Flip This House was typical. I bought a property that I had no business buying that needed way too much in renovation, went way over budget and lost money. Learn staying within your abilities and you know you build on those abilities as you do more and more deals. But at the end of the day, stay within your comfort zone, grow that comfort zone and uh, realize that this is not a TV show, it's an investment. <laughs> What's the best place the best ever listeners can reach you? You can reach me on our phone line, 267-507-7055, or you can reach me at our website at turnkeyphilly.com. Awesome. And best of listeners, you can just click the link in the show notes page to Josh's website, turnkeyphilly.com. Josh, thank you for being on the show and talking about your experiences with all the companies that you've been a part of. We honed in on the property management company that you sold and how to value and build a property management company so that it gets a premium price that's incredibly valuable for a lot of best ever listeners. And quite frankly, for anyone who is building a real estate company that they want to sell, clearly the insight that you had on have the best tenants and have the best properties uh, <laughs> because you get a premium for it. I mean, it perhaps seems obvious now that we've gone through this, but it's not something that people typically do right out of the gate. People sure. typically buy class C properties, class D properties, and then just work their way up. But if you know this now that you've heard our conversation, then perhaps you revise your approach and focus on the high quality stuff, knowing that that's what ultimately is going to get a premium should you decide to sell. So thanks again for being on show. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much, Joe. Take care. If you're a wholesaler or wanting to wholesale, then you've got to check out this video. It's at wholesalinginc.com. It's a interview that Tom Kroll, and if you recognize Tom's name, well, that's because he was a guest on episode 395. He has documented his conversation with a motivated seller. So you hear from when he gets out of his car all the way to the very end when he's talking to the neighbors about different houses on the street. If you're into wholesaling or want to get into wholesaling, go listen to it. Go to wholesalinginc.com and go check that out.